hello and hello, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. Welcome back for another episode. If not now, when? And today I am just so beyond excited for my special guest today. Her name is Courtney Ray, and wow, she is just so beyond incredible. And let me tell you why. First and foremost, she was a Peace Corps volunteer. She really had a big heart.、Uh, she was a tomboy. She loved to work on her、uh, grandfather's classic truck. Who would thought, right? But her true passion is in peanut butter, and her mission in life is to bring her uncle Ray's peanut butter to this entire universe, so we can all taste the joys that she grew up with. And today, she's the founder of Uncle Ray's Peanut Butter, and who also won the number one spot for the entire Texas for HEB. Wow! What? Oh my goodness! I love that. And you know, I love most about Courtney is you know by getting to know her through this process.、Um, she just has such a beautiful heart, and want to do good things in the world. And I'm just so beyond excited and honored. Uh, thank you so much, Courtney, for joining me today, and welcome、yes. to the show. Thank you. So I'm excited to be here, and that was such an introduction. Thank you. <laughs> oh my God, you I feel amazing. <laughs> well, as you should be, because you've done a lot. Wow.、Oh, thanks. So tell me,、okay. I, I just love, love. Last time when we talk, I just love to get to know your stories and how you get started. So share、yeah. with us, how do you get started? Sure. So my story kind of was a few years in the making. I,、um, after college, I went to the Peace Corps, as you mentioned, and I served in the South Pacific Islands,、uh, working with a, a Hindi or Hindu community there, and it was awesome. But、um, you know, while I was there, my great uncle Ray, we were totally. It was so fun. Before I'd left, you know, I'd go to his house like once a week. We'd have coffee, and he'd make brittle. We just sit and talk about life and. It was always just so much fun. You know, he was so charming, and、uh, but I, I was he he. It was we had a very sweet, very lovely friendship.、Um, I feel like he was a friend. He was a dad. He was a grandpa.、Um, he was just. Somebody, <laughs> I think we had a kindred spirit, so it was just nice to feel you know that、mm-hmm. connection and a very sweet friendship. Oh, I know that's so beautiful. I know, but so then I left for the Peace Corps, and while I was there, he would send me boxes of brittle. And once I got them, you know, my village kind of went bonkers for them. It was you know, once I got a shipment, I'd walk around the village and bring brittle to people, and they'd get all excited. And I, I realized then it, it, that peanut brittle was something. It, it's a sweet treat, but it's also a way to create connection. Because you know, whenever I bring it to my village, we just sit and talk, and we eat it, and like people would make tea. So, yeah, it was so fun. Can you can you tell me a little about about first of all,、uh-huh. you just graduated from college, such a young age. What made you feel like you want to go to Peace Corps? And secondly, like, are you not scared? Like, that's insane. Like, how did you have that thought? <laughs> and tell me a little bit more about the village. That's in- incredible. Yeah, my mom definitely tried to talk me out of out of it a lot. But、uh, I just I, I remember where I was sitting in the computer lab on the second floor at the college I was at, and I was talking with a friend, and I thought, like, you know, I, I don't really know what I want to do, and I, I felt I, I was one of those people. My senior year of college, 
you know, most people were getting jobs and they had paths they wanted to go on. I remember fe feeling very lost. But even when I was a sophomore, my, fr I t my friend was like, what do you like to do? I was like, I love service. I love learning about other cultures and I love traveling the world. And she goes, oh, the Peace Corps. You know, that's all of three of those things. So it kind of took me about two years to kind of uh, you know, wrap my head around the idea. I scoured the Peace Corps website, you know, up and down, reading every bit of information that I could to try to learn more about it. And by my senior year, I remember thinking, yeah, like, this is what I want to do next. So I signed up. <laughs> wow, that is so incredible. And you have no hesitation. You have zero fear in your mind. I'm not I call it, I've been this a lot. I call it, I was nervous, excited, like mostly excited, but somewhat nervous. You know, there was unknowns. And something I know about the Peace Corps now is that, you know, there was a volunteer who lived about 10 miles from me, which is not that far, but he had a wildly different uh, Peace Corps experience than I had just because of, you know, it depends on where you get placed and what area you're in, what job you're doing, what community you're in. It's just really, it varies so wildly. And I thought, mm -hmm. wow, you know, it's just, there's so many unknowns. Beautiful. And so, so tell us what happened. So you went to Peace Corps. Um, mm -hmm. Tell us a bit more about the village, the culture, and what do you experienced? Yeah, so I actually was with the, they're called Indo-Fijians, but they would call themselves Indians. They are people who um, are of Indian descent, but they're from Fiji. And so I was doing the whole like little India thing. I was wearing saris. I was eating Indian food. I was speaking in <laughs> Hindi, you know. And what I love the most is that my community, I was at a Hindu religious office. They're working with their organization to mostly like do trainings with the women's groups on like yoga, healthy eating, mm -hmm. uh, breast cancer awareness, um, HIV AIDS awareness. And, but my main job was working at their office, teaching a woman, her name was Roshni and she is important to remember. Um, but she was like, I feel like she is like a best friend, a sister. I, I genuinely feel like I was meant to meet her and be her friend but I, she started out the office cleaning lady, but they wanted me to teach her how to, to teach her how to become an office manager. So that's what I spent most of my time doing. But um, I would say, you know, my posse in the Peace Corps was a bunch of Hindu priests. And I loved it. I remember feeling, you know, as a younger female single, I felt so safe. Like I was just like Hindu priests, like they were all like my homies, you know, I loved Aww. it. <laughs> that's beautiful. And yeah. then once in a while, when burrito comes, people love you even more? No. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it was I love that. I would say. Yeah. So, so how long did you spend uh, at Peace Corps? Yeah, I was there for two years and three months. And this is where, you know, once I returned home from my service, I still felt very compelled to help Roshni after I left. When, you know, over the two years, I really got a chance to talk with her and get to know her. And I, I knew how smart she was, but she only had the opportunity to go to school through the fourth grade. She had to stay home and help her family and then eventually get married. And she had talked about, she was like, Oh, I've always thought I wanted to start a little small biz business. You know, like, I work hard. I know I can make it work. And I'll, I would be like, yeah, Roshni, you're so smart. You totally can. You know, I could help, like, um, ha ask me anything, you know, if you need any help. But I knew that, you know, she didn't really have, she was poor for the most part and are very, very low income. So, and you need that startup cap. So, and, and at this point, I'm curious, which mm -hmm. um, 
where what location are you at? Which country are you at? Oh, I was in the main island in Fiji. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Okay, yeah. So mm-hmm. okay, tell me. So she wanted to start a business, but mm-hmm. really don't have much resources. And then what? Right. Well, I knew she was smart. So it took me, uh, I think, a year or two to kind of get everything together. But eventually, I did a crowdfunding campaign called "The Power of Uncle Ray's Peanut Brittle." And we made a video and we raised $6,000 for her to be able to start her own business. And it genuinely, it worked. Um, And years later, you know, she now is a homeowner and she has a small little canteen, they call them, where they sell like candies and stuff. And it was one of those things. I remember when she called me and she was like, you know, they, they everybody there called me Chandani because they can't really say Courtney, so they called me Chandani, which means moonlight, which I love. Oh. Um, they were like Chandani, like this home, we have a home, and it's your home too. And I thought, oh, oh my god, god. you know, like brushing, no, it's not, but like it was just the sweetest thing anybody could say to me. And like, if you've ever experienced, I think, truly changing somebody's life, it's the most mm-hmm. powerful feeling that there is. What I'm I'm curious what compel you to help is another beautiful woman at the time when you kind of just graduate from college and you also searching for what you wanted to do next. You yeah. just kind of experiencing things and how do you have the confidence and know that you can help and actually take action? I mean, that was something where I, you know, man, I do not want to go back and live my early twenties again. Um, <laughs> you know that was a time for me. And I think what took me so long to do this crowdfunding campaign, because it was a couple of years I was, yeah, I had, it's like, I went from college to the Peace Corps. And after that, it felt like everybody else around me was already two years ahead into their professional careers. And I feel like I was still starting at square one again. And I, you know, I felt lost, you know, and I was working, you know, event management, program management jobs, but, um, you know, it was, it, it took a while, but it was one just one of those things. Like I knew I wanted to do it, and the kind of stars aligned when a friend said he was starting a like a photography videography business, and he offered to help um, do this video at a very discounted price. And so that was like I saved the money that I had, and then did this thing. It it, it just it felt right, you know. Like you so never regret you bought, doing the right thing. So you just bought everything that you have in terms of the money, and then into yeah. this campaign, want to run. Uh, raise a fund for her. Yes. How, how that's so beautiful. How do you? How do you have that such a big heart when you were still not, you know, like you did yeah. not make it. Yet. You know that's what I'm true. saying? Like, how do you able to see that? That's such a beautiful thing. Thank you. It was it was very hard. Like it's hard to. I remember feeling like I just like I needed to help her, and then I remember though after I did and I sent her that money, I was like, okay. Now I need to figure out how to help myself. That way, once I'm more stable financially, then I can help even more people. And so that's kind of what I focused on after that. But it, it was it was just, you know, like I said, like you never regret doing the right thing. And mm-hmm. you can always help somebody no matter how broke you are. <laughs> that's such a, oh my God, like, Courtney, I just so inspired. I love that, oh, you thanks. know, you have such a, big heart and I love that everything you do is around supporting helping others and even mm-hmm. though you did not have everything figured out but you put right. everything you have right to help supporting this one you know individual is just 
incredible. And so tell me a little bit about you know your journey now. Mm-hmm. You say you grad, you finished the Peace Corps. Uh, sounds like you really enjoyed it, but you felt lost in life. You know, thinking about now you quote unquote behind, which is not true, but. <laughs> yeah, you it's, it's not true, time. but it felt true. Yeah, um, yeah. I would say those next, God, like maybe seven, eight years, they they were challenging and tough. I was somebody who wanted to, you know, I wanted a good life. You know, I didn't grow up with a whole lot, and but I, I knew it's like if other people are having, you know, doing things that they want to do and are excited about it, then I want to be doing something that excites me as well. And I want to have a great career and um, be successful. And it was one of those things where I think that I kept, you know, trying to do things the way others were doing it. Like, like, you know, go to a good school, get a good job. And I was looking for jobs and I realized that I, it it took me a, a while to figure out, but I am a creative person and I don't, I, my only one wish is that I just wished I would have acknowledged that sooner because owning that about me has led me to success far more quickly than just like trying to work these jobs that clearly weren't right for me. Like the event management, the program management. At one point I was working for a company that, um, we rescued bees and we also had a honey company and that, uh, you know, company was I enjoyed what I did that it, in a sense that it was great for the world with the rescuing of the bees but uh, my coworker and I we were pretty much running and running the show you know of, of many facets to the organization and that's where I realized I was like man you know if my coworker and I are doing this you know I could do this myself and not have to have a boss and um, after I parted ways with that job, um, I, you know, I had been, oh, this is where, you know, to kind of, I was somebody where I, I was trying different things. Like I, I realized now I was stopping and starting. I first looked at event management and I was like, oh, maybe, maybe this will be a good fit for me. I would start it, work from the bottom, try it, realize it wasn't, and then go to something different. After that, it was a study abroad. I was, I was like, let me just try this, see if it's a good fit. Stop, start it over. And then the B job, stop, start it over. So it was a lot of like stopping, starting over. But at the same time, as much as like it was a really challenging seven years, I learned a lot. And I think if anything, you know, none of those jobs were really highlighting my strengths, but they were helping me work on my weaknesses. So that, that's so beautiful that what you yeah. said, Courtney. And I think um, that's a lot of courage to try something mm-hmm. and realize and acknowledge, you know what? Damn, this is this is a great job, but it's just not for me. Like, right. is it hard for you to come to that piece with that? Like, Very you, hard. I cried all the time in my 20s. I feel like I cried all the time. <laughs> and in some of these jobs, you know, it would take me six months to a year to realize this really isn't right for me. And in between that six months to a year, I was crying a lot. I was like trying to figure out different ways to make this job work. And then Mm -hmm. finally realize this isn't going to work. And then how did you come to that moment? Like Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm saying that just because I think a lot of people are in that situation. doesn't matter. Are you just sort of beginning job or fancy job? doesn't matter. I think oftentimes we felt like, Oh damn it! Like I should be grateful. I have a, such a great job. You know, everyone loves my job. Yeah, <laughs> so great, right? Like, then why do I not like about it? I'm curious. How do you 
kind of yeah come to peace with that i think for me it was and it's different for everybody but um something things that i realized that like it's like you you realize things over time and a few of the things were that one i realized that other people were way happier at this job than me and i thought man you know I, for a while, I questioned myself, like, why can't I be happy? Like, I should mm -hmm. be grateful, like you said, you know, but then that was one thing. And then I realized just how, you know, creative I was. And I enjoyed talking to the people at my job more than I enjoyed doing my job, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and then even um, I think other people could tell I was meant for something different. And I once I could see it in their eyes, I was like, yeah this place, I'm, I'm, I don't know about this, you know, and then, um, and then the biggest thing of all was for me, and maybe I'm more, but, you know, I just, I know that I'm somebody who needs to feel in line and excited about what I'm doing. And I realized it not only it wasn't exciting, but furthermore, it was actually draining to me, I would be so mm. emotionally drained, as well as physically drained working an eight hour day behind a desk, just processing things because mm -hmm. I was like, Oh, you know, this is so draining. And now looking at my business and comparing it to that time, it's just so obvious. Like a lot of what I do in terms of processing stuff in my business is the same, but it's also, you know, I in no way feel drained. If anything, I feel energized and excited mm -hmm. when I'm doing my business. So those mm -hmm. were my, I think, biggest signs of like, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then the moment when you like quit or need to let your supervisor know that you're moving on. Um, if you have like a huge, like, oh, I feel so free, like a weight lifted off your shoulders. That's normally a sign that <laughs> <laughs> it was long overdue, probably, but a good choice. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So sounds like you have a lot of trying air for the past for those yeah. seven years that you mentioned. You really in the journey sounds like it's not easy, but along the way you really find your true self, you know, who you yeah. are, what you um crave to do or what you don't like to do, right. which is e equally important. Right. Um, That's what I think kept me going towards the end, you know, was like I realized that in this universe, if a yes exists, or if, if it's something that's a no exists, then so do the yeses. And so I kept thinking, okay, I kept trying and trying again. I thought, well, I'm clearly finding paths that are a no, like, okay, that's a no, that's a no, that's a no. But what kept me going, and it was hard to believe in it every moment of every day, sometimes you just get really bummed out. But I thought, you know, if the no's exist, so do the yeses, and I'm just looking for a yes. So Wow, that's, that's you know, so kept me going. Beautiful. How do you get that? That's so amazing. Oh, How do you through a lot of tears, but you get there eventually. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, Courtney, that is so inspiring. And I love that about, it, it's really my opening just hearing uh, you say that. And I want to acknowledge it. So if I can interpret it in, in a way where I thought, if this job is no, it must be a job out there is yes for me. Right. If this partner is not the not the right answer, this must be out another person out there waiting for me. Right. If this is not the right house for me. There's gonna be another one. Like I right. love how you're able to see in the world in this in this lens and really 
fully believe in yourself and believing in your vision and believing everything you wanted is there, exist and waiting for you. Yeah, like that's beautiful. How do you able to? Like that's amazing. That's like a beautiful face. Well, and it's funny because I think furthermore past that, and it's a point. I think it's like you reach these points where you realize these things after months, years, however long of like learning lessons or feeling a certain way, and it's like you know you reach a point where like the yeses exist, and I know that I can find my path. However. Something that I realized since starting my business, and this is where I think my life coach and mentor helped me realize, and I'll explain about that in a minute, but um, it's like a lot of times, say, and I I sometimes think, especially if you're a creative, I look at being a creative as, you know, like if you look at these other people who are working in the professional world, climbing the corporate ladder, they're walking down a path that is well laid and it's a clear cut structure, but a creative person, sometimes you have to walk into the damn jungle armed with nothing but a machete and pave your <laughs> own way. And that's, I think furthermore is like, not only do the yeses exist, but sometimes you're going to have to create your own path. Like you, your path may not be something mm-hmm. like, and that's where I think I realized too, I, I kept looking outwards for these jobs mm-hmm. to be like, I'm trying to find something that's a good fit for me. And I just felt like nowhere would I find something that was a good fit for me. And then I realized, well, maybe I'm going to have to go make my own space and do this thing. So that way, you know, <laughs> I'll fit in because I've made this box to fit me. So, wow. That's so beautiful. I love that. You know, sounds like along the journey, there's a lot of no's and you're looking outside, looking for that yes, looking for that validation. Yeah. And yet when you cannot find that from outside, you start searching within. Maybe it's me who have to step up, who have to create this beautiful uh, whatever future for myself. You Mm -hmm. know, use use a box, but maybe it's having a completely different set of box instead of the existing box in those different type of jobs or labels. And it's funny that you mentioned the word validation because that was something that I think probably was hardest for me is, you know, I definitely for years, a few years in there, I was definitely, I got depressed, you know, I was really just really sad because I kept, I feel like I kept trying and hustling and working hard, but then it's like, it just seemed like I was stopping and starting over. So, and looking for that validation of like who I am has a gift to bring to the world. And like, I think one way somebody feels validated is by doing a job and being rewarded for it, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. I was still looking for that and hadn't found it. So it was hard. Thank you. That's so, so beautiful and sure. And I want to really acknowledge that you mentioned you were depressed previously and I don't use this word lightly, but I want to acknowledge right. um, listeners who may be listening right now. And if he or she, you also experienced a hard time and, you know, I'm just curious, you know, Courtney, if you can share one or two things, uh, helpful for you when you were in those dark moments and how do you able to pull yourself up so it will uh, serve our audience if that yeah I fully believe in like um and I've heard different things about depression and I, you know, I'm not sure I need to look into it more but um I have heard things where it's like situational uh depression and where it's like your outside environmental factors can affect your mental state and for me that's where it's like you know, I feel like I like had no money. I was trying so hard, you know, all, all these things. And it kind of took my friend one day. Cause I, I feel like I was crying all the time. And she was like, I think you're depressed. 
And that was all it took. And she, after that, she was like, I know a good therapist. Here's somebody. And I went to her. And that was such a wonderful thing because um, she, we were working together and she eventually led me to a book where it basically was kind of like a, I would call it like a come to Jesus moment where I, uh, <laughs> well, it was, you know, I, for a while too, I was angry at who I was because I didn't know yet that I was a creative and it just, the world sometimes feels a little, um, not too supportive and un harsh. It's harsh mm -hmm. for a creative, especially if you don't have like family money to support you while you are creating and figuring out what even is that you're creating. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, I was trying to do that, but, uh, it, there's a book that I read. I wish I knew what it was, but it basically was like, you are, you were made to be who you are, like trust in that and go be who you are. Um, and that was, I think a big moment in like me, taking a step towards committing to who I was, you know? Was it a hard decision to make? That moment when you were so dark and when you see this light, you met this incredible therapist, yeah. you have this book, you, you write this knowledge, but is it hard for you to translate that into the actual decision to see, you know what, God damn it, I'm going to own myself. Yeah. I am incredible the way how I am. I'm not going to try to fit in all those boxes. Yeah. I mean, it was one of the, it's like, I say that all in one or two sentences, but that took years. <laughs> it was years. And yeah, you, you, all I can say, especially from those businesses, like when things are tough, one foot in front of the other. And I can tell you that, I don't know who said this quote, but it was like, people overestimate what they can do in a day, but you underestimate what you can do and accomplish in a year. And I have found that to be very true. And so mm -hmm. it is one of those things like before you know it, you will look up and things will be different. And mm -hmm. you may feel like you're back at square one again in many ways, but you're like you yourself are still different. And so the outcome will be different. Oh, so beautiful. Yeah. Um, I love, love how you really Along the journey, you really find yourself and truly honor who you are and let the light really just come out. You know, <laughs> it's so gorgeous. So, so tell us what happened from there. You oh, yeah. So really low. Check. Uh, <laughs> but it, oh, oh, here's what was private, too, is um, when I was doing that crowdfunding campaign. So people who donated to the campaign, I would send them um, some peanut brittle. Like I would make mm -hmm. it and send it to them. And when I was fulfilling the orders, I, at the time I thought, oh, you know, I wonder if I could do this. Maybe I can start a brittle business. So I started researching it for a few months and got really deterred by, you know, how much startup capital you need and how consumer packaged goods is one of the top five hardest categories of business to be successful in. And I thought at the time, you know, I was just post Peace Corps, no money so lost. And I thought, uh, yeah, no, can't do this. So I kind of put that away for a while and went into these other jobs and obviously they didn't work out, but was, you know, working on skills. And after, um, I would say at, like my lowest point, my, this is funny, my brother got engaged and he needed to buy a diamond so my mom goes, oh, let's go to this guy. He's called the diamond guy here in Houston. Um, we'll go together to buy this diamond. So they go. And my mentor, his name's Fred. He's a diamond guy. 
he kept spouting off all these really interesting things that he was doing. And my mom goes, you know, you're so interesting. Do you ever mentor people? My daughter has similar interests. Would you be open to just speaking with her? She could use some direction. And he was like, yeah, I mentor people all the time. Here's my card. Tell her to call me. So I called him. Awesome. Him, and that was the beginning, I think, of um, at first, I would say he was life coaching me because he knew I was lost and he was like, all we need is just to kind of help you figure out your path. And then, you know, then I'll help you go down that path. And so it was life coaching for a while. And then eventually, you know, the peanut brittle, it just kept coming up in conversation. He like maybe do writing exercises and it kept coming up in my writing and then he goes, you know, what's this peanut brittle stuff? It keeps coming up. And one day I happened to be visiting my great uncle Ray and he sent me off with some peanut brittle. And then I had an appointment to meet my mentor and I brought him some of that brittle and he tries it and he goes, kid, this stuff is really good. If you want to start a peanut brittle business, I'll help you. I'll mentor you. And at that point I thought, you know, so many it felt like so much had come full circle and i had already been down the rabbit hole you know of like trying these different jobs they weren't working and i had already researched peanut brittle before and and but now i had this person who was a, a successful entrepreneur and he believed in me and in the product and so why don't mm-hmm. i just give this a go and wow that and was so up to this point how you it started you- it's so beautiful you mentioned at that point before that conversation happened you were kind of already looking to it already and you just got this courage and then it almost just felt it felt like to me like you were sending out the request in a you know magical way yeah the universe sending you know this person help you supporting you kind of along the way and sounds like that's how you got started yeah i definitely was uh I feel the last few years setting intentions very hard. You know, I would like, um, you know, pray, meditate, you know, do vision boards for, you know, how I wanted my life to look. And um, that was kind of like the first step, I think, in choosing, you know, my creative self. So that was, beautiful. A, that, was a, that was a first big one. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. So before I want to just want to make sure that's amazing. So, it sounds like you're very aligned with who you are and how you could really also align with the universe, really. Um, okay. Do you have one or two things <laughs> that you recommend for our listeners who maybe have no idea what, what vision boards or how to meditate, how to really set intention, like all those amazing things that you do? Like, is it something simple that people can just pick up starting today? Yeah, I think it's like with anything, just take baby steps. It is one of those things where I think it's you're like, you're never done, you know, so let go of this like completion feeling with it. Just, you know, do it because it makes you feel good. Meditation really makes my mind feel good. Um, You know, and for me, I just kind of sit and listen to music and kind of daydream. And I think that I'm like setting intentions and I can feel now that I've done meditation more, I can really feel this interesting place in my mind where I know it feels like I'm connected to something like energy. I don't know. And uh, vision boards, it's just nice to like cut things out of a magazine and see things that you like that, you know, like how you envision your life and put Mm -hmm. them on a piece of paper board and, um, 
setting intentions. I would just write lists of things of like positive, lovely, wonderful things that I of who I wanted to be and things I wanted to do. Wow. So beautiful. Yeah. Um, so Courtney, so now you have this magic moment. You realize this magic wow. moment. So it's a song. <laughs> <laughs> See, you are definitely meant to be creative. That's Thank beautiful. <laughs> I love that. So the magic moment came. So tell us what happened. You started a business uh, when and how did it go? How it goes? Um, yeah, so I started in 2017. Mm-hmm. And I will say that as much as you know, before I thought I was hustling, I will tell you now that I have never hustled harder than when starting this business, like a whole new level of hard work (laughs) and commitment and focus. But uh, that said, I feel like I've been met with very quick successes in many ways. Like my first month of business on the Channel 2 Houston Live Station and for the holidays and got a night, a lovely bump in sales. Uh, and then because of that, like I had been on camera with it, um, or, and then six months later, I, uh, was in all central market stores in Texas. Originally it was just supposed to be for their big taste of Texas event, but then they kept me on shelves after that because the product did well. And so Mm -hmm. I've been there ever since. Um, and then a year in, I, because of the, the Houston life video segment, um, I was actually featured on the home and family TV show on the Hallmark channel nationwide for world peanut brittle day. Wow. Yeah. And which day was it? it, well, it January, January. I think it's January. It aired January 25th. I think world okay. peanut brittle day is the 20th. It's coming up soon. I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. Um, and then, yeah. And then I would say two years in, I got first place in HEB's quest for Texas best. And then I went on shelves two and a half years later and, coming up on three years now wow what accomplishment and you know corny i want to just comment on you know sounds like i i don't want any uh, listener sounds like oh my god must be a breeze you started no. everything's great yeah like, i want to like follow up with like definitely not a breeze you know so tell us like how you know what you said is beautiful but what actually it went like is right. everything you is is expected and i love what you said earlier about you thought you were hustling before, but now you are really hustling. Like, right. Isn't that so beautiful that they're always the next level? Right. And um, it is one of those things, like, my, my last big, like, hard challenge to work through is one of those things, like, it, it's, it, it feels like this, like, your highs are really high, but the lows are also really low. And when you're a solo entrepreneur, both of those are on you. Like when it's high, it's you, but like also it's like when it's low, it's just you and the weights on you. Um, very heavy, but Mm -hmm. as you grow, the highs feel higher, but the lows get lower, which makes sense. (laughs) But, um, you know, I I remember this last challenge I went through, I, I, I kind of look at them like, it's just a mountain to climb. And the more mountains, even, since it's like each mountain kind of gets bigger and bigger, but the more that you've, the more that you climb, the more you look at a big mountain and like even bigger than the last and say, you know what? I've climbed so many mountains. I'll get through it. It's going to be fine. And you kind of just get used to like working hard and climbing. But, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, I would say through all that, 
through those years, it was definitely like, you know, I had multiple jobs, you know, and the central market opportunity was wonderful, but I had no capital to, for that first large order. So I, I was working at a 50 hour work week at one job and then bartending in the evening to get, I had a jar on my, wow. kid, I had a jar on my account that said nut money, you know, <laughs> like, cause I needed to buy nuts and that was, that was <laughs> exhausting um and then but what what kept you going Connie so at that earlier age you were just trying to really you know gather initial money to gather even first batch investment going what what kept you going like 50 hours a work week and the bartending at night it's not yeah. easy oh it's not um I think the only thing that kept me going was like I realized soon in I was like you know as much as I could be working a normal job right now and making a normal salary maybe um if I like faked it, you know, like I was not a creative person, but I've never felt like I was living more authentically to who I was than being a creative entrepreneur. And so I think that's part of what kept me going and just a, a drive to be successful. I wanted to be successful being who I was. So I just kind of, I thought, man, I, I, I just got to see where this can go. And, and I told myself, I, this, I want this to go somewhere. I'm not attached to where it goes, but I want to, I never like set a level of success. And I just said like, it's, it's, if it's going to go, it's supposed to, like, I want the demand to be there. And then also it's not going to fail because I didn't work hard enough. Mm, you know, I love that. That was all. And you know, like working multiple jobs. Um, I feel like I was broke a lot because you don't really see profit until three years in typically average. So I was putting a lot of my own money into it. And, um, you know, like my first big batches of central market brittle, like quality control, like some of them were chewier than others. And that was really defeating knowing that I had worked so hard and then to be like the brittle's chewy, you know, like, dang it. You know, sometimes you only get one chance with people to try your product and love it. So that, that one was tough. Um, and then, uh, you know, my biggest, I've still been making all the brittle mostly myself up until this year, but, um, you know, my biggest challenge was when I had a voluntary recall with HEB, um, you know, I, my products went on their shelves and then I, but I didn't have butter and cream on there, but I didn't have the, milk call out so i had to like pull everything back we had to re-sticker it and put it all back and uh that was not a great <laughs> month was that hard what? yeah that was like, think... the worst three months that was actually this year oh my god i know that's where i'm like 2020 is kicking my ass um it's kicking everyone's ass it's kicking everybody's ass but how but do you damn. get that? I think that's the question I'm most curious. I think it's in life, we're all going to fall at some point. Today, tomorrow, yeah. yesterday, it's all going to happen. doesn't matter. Is it a voluntary recall or do you have to recall? Like, all the things. How do you get up? How do you, you know, when you get a call for HB, say, hey, that is not good. You're going to pull this off the shelf. I imagine that was hard. How do you able to just let it sit, not only sit in your own stomach, but just start, you know what? God damn it. I'm going to do this and move on. I mean, it was one of those, like, you get so, I mean, I've gotten so used to, like, with the mountains, like I said, that I've climbed, um, you get so used to just putting one foot in front of the other, and I was like, well, damn it, but, like, okay, gotta do this, gotta do that, and, and it was probably, like, three months of, like, really intense 
uh, crazy town, getting it all sorted. It, also, it didn't feel good because I feel like I had caused this big mess for a lot of other people. And I'm not somebody who ever wants to do that to somebody else. Um, so that was hard. It's like the emotional weight of it as well. But I mean, I remember calling mm -hmm. my sister and being like, I feel like such a failure, you know, like biggest failure. And she was like, no, you're not like <laughs> things happen. <laughs> so it's, it's hard to believe in that moment, but you just like, you get through it. You just keep going like one foot in front of the other. Wow. That's, that's, that's so beautiful. And you know, well, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Courtney, sounds like there's this one thing that keeps driving you. You mentioned is the success is trying to find who you are. That, mm -hmm. that notion that just keeps pulling you forward doesn't matter whether it's working multiple jobs to get the money, get the first batch, or is even you establish when things happen, you have to recall everything, even though it's not your fault or product's fault, but you just have to really go through that process even though it's painful. What does that success mean to you? And did you find who Corny is today? <laughs> yes, I know who she is. Um, yeah, I mean, it was just like, I feel better about it now. And, you know, and if anything, you know, my one of my other mentors, she was like, you know, of all the recalls there are, this one's actually like, the best of them, like, it was no big deal, like, pull it off, sticker it, go back on shelves. Um, but so she goes, oh, just like, maybe think of it as a learning opportunity. And now you've gone through this experience. And so now you know, what happens. Um, but I mean, I am grateful for the many people who like called me and helped me. And even, you know, HEB was very kind to me and like understanding that like things aren't perfect. And especially when you're new. Um, so I think that that's like, that's what helped it. And yeah, I mean, I, I like I'm stronger for it. And like, I, yeah, I still feel like I very much know who I am and, um, I'm still working towards even larger goals now. And I feel more kind of strong. I feel stronger to be able to achieve those goals. That's beautiful. Um, so can, if you can describe who Corny is and who <laughs> you want you to become. Yeah. Um, you know, a passionate, excited, playful and cheerful creative who, um, is just creating her own world and I hope to be uplifting others in different ways, however I can, um, whether it's through the brittle or other things. Um, I enjoy connecting with my community above all things. I think that, you know, even <laughs> my host dad from the Peace Corps, he was like, when we go, we take nothing with us. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what, Pitachi, you're so right, you know, like, it's people to me like I, I feel like I will be rich in my soul if I have like more like laughter and love shared with my friends and family so mm -hmm. yeah that's so beautiful and I think so tell me about uh, I remember last time when you mentioned you mentioned that you want to grow the business bigger so you can even support more and all people from the village um, what does that vision look like I do a crunch for a cause campaign every year where um, every year we raise awareness about a new cause and try to raise money towards it. It's not 
a crazy lot amount right now, but I figure any little bit helps. And to me, awareness is the most important thing. So, um, you know, my butternut is the flavor where uh, a percentage of profits go towards that, that good cause. And, um, yeah, I'd love to be able to like grow the business more. So that way we're able to better causes. Mm -hmm. Wow. I, oh my God. Um, Courtney, you just have just such a pure gold heart. You just <laughs> so beautiful. I love that you, you know, sounds like along the journey, you just have this common thing about service. Sounds like that was kind of embedded in who you are, even when you were in, yeah. uh, in college and did not know what you wanted to do, but that was kind of pulling you forward and thinking mm -hmm. through how you were in Peace Corp and have the, such a beautiful experience. And even though you have nothing at that time, you committed to help support this you know, wonderful lady to help so she can become independent. She can open her business at you know her town, um, mm -hmm. the country. And and having that heart, having that, that, that intention to really enable you to follow, find your own path, find your yeah, own true totally. self along the way. And I love earlier the metaphor you mentioned about a mountain, about how you climb one to another. And today you are stronger. You are bigger than you ever before and you wanted to create this beautiful bigger even more grand future for not just yourself but also everyone around you your community your friends and the village in the Fiji island mm -hmm. it, it's so beautiful Courtney you just Thanks. you are such an inspired um to me and I hope to all of the audience so I want to you know ask one last question so mm -hmm. today three years in your business is very successful you have a vision you now it sounds like very aligned with who you are. You know who you are. There's no question in mind. Yeah. For for anyone who are listening who maybe also wanted to find their their journey. Maybe it's also in the process of maybe want to start a business and also hesitate. Like what would you advise? Um, uh, I would just say that for me, mentors were pretty detrimental and I'm happy to help mentor anybody if I can. Um, I feel like I'm still learning a lot myself, but um you know, like mentors, they can help you and, and you can learn things you like, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Um, but like having that support system to help you, whether it's just, you know, emotionally or, you know, working out those numbers, figuring out a strategy is really important. And then, um, yeah, I think for me, my biggest thing that my mentor helped me under, like understand and realize was that I don't think that I believed in myself. And once he started believing in me, I kind of went with it because I thought, okay, like he believes it can work. And it took a little while before I realized I believe it can work. And I now believe in myself to do the things I want to do and that I can find success in them. Um, and maybe also on your journey, listen to your gut. Uh, I, I feel like there, you know, you're going to come across people who, are more more knowledgeable than you and sometimes they're going to tell you things like i remember being told like oh you should wait a year test things out um don't apply for quest for texas best don't get go into central market uh you you're too new and i thought like had i listened to that person who was way more knowledgeable than me i would have not been where i am today um, yeah, like definitely had issues, had some growth, but it, I had other people who were like, you need to take the chance with central market, you know, like that's, a. I know other companies who were 
three years in and they were like, we still haven't been able to get on central market shelves. And I thought, oh, okay, wow. They're like, take the opportunity, like just get it done. So, you know, I, like, I love, I, I think so people, thank you for sharing that. And I think when people are in the earlier time, earlier age or career, whatnot, that's yeah. so many quote unquote advice. Right. I love that you, even though at the time, I imagine you don't have the confidence you have today. Right. Able to just follow your gut to say, I'm going to go to the central market. Even though you told me I couldn't, yeah. I'm going to prove you wrong anyway. Yeah. That's be- beautiful. Thanks. And, but it is still, I think it's one of those fine lines of like, people can also get stuck and be careful of like, don't mm-hmm. be stubborn at the same time. Like be, mm-hmm. be ready to adapt if your demand's not there, but like there's a demand there for something else, like adapt to that you know, follow that, um, be, be ready to learn and adjust as well. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a good combination for success. <laughs> All that. Oh, Courtney, you are <laughs> just such a beautiful soul. I just you too. To, no, I just love to, you know, get to know you through this journey. I just love you have such, such a beautiful heart, not just beautiful, not just always want to make the world a better place, but just also bold and courageous. The fact that you're able to really, you know, every step along the way, you're able to honor who you are. And even though you fall, you get up every single time. And today, pushing through one mountain after another and continue to really become the best version of who you are and who you will become. So I am just so beyond excited. And thank you so much for be part of um you know my podcast and share the journey with all of us thank you thanks for having me i feel like i've had a wonderful time and i actually think it's really wonderful what you're doing and what you want to do and how you want to inspire people i think it's so important especially for creatives um right now so thank you for your (laughs) work you're doing too yeah you're so kind um, all right, guys, this is the show for today. I really hope you all enjoyed it as much as I do. Um, I could not wait to see you guys next time. Bye, guys.